Welcome back to the Friends of Cabrini podcast. This is your host, Jaleesa Smith, and we're here with a special guest, Brene Wright. She is a wife and homeschool mom of four amazing children. She also previously taught elementary, high school, and college classes. And recently, she has left her college position to homeschool her children full-time after relocating from California to Georgia. Welcome, Ms. Wright. Welcome to our podcast. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Enjoying this Georgia heat. <laughs> Georgia heat awesome. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, just your experience with homeschooling. But as you know, I see you have experience also with teaching in the elementary and high school levels as well. So mm-hmm. how did you get started? What brought you to the homeschooling side of education? Uh, such a good question. Yes. So as, as you read, I teach and um, I was teaching at the, co- the community college and we were going, this is right before COVID and even during COVID, we were talking about uh, going through a lot of workshops, really trying to encourage, um, you know, our color, our students of color, especially our black males and talking about how they're learning edu- in early education and how we have to kind of mitigate some of what they've learned and help them unlearn that and become better learners and so forth and make the system work for them. And as I was going through all these trainings, like I kept seeing one of my sons in particular, he's that one who doesn't really fit in the system. And he is just happens to be the darkest of my children. And you know, the kind of, he's the one with ADHD. So he's very kind of animated. And he's the one that I'm thinking like, Oh my God, every time we go to these sessions, we're talking about him. This is, this is my child, but I don't have to do post kind of fixing, you know, and at the college level, we're kind of trying to work with what already happened. I can do something about that now. And so I really started becoming convicted that like I was the one who was supposed to teach him and to figure out how he learned best and give him the environment that he could thrive in, um, regardless of how he learned, you know, so he wouldn't have to be a statistic. So that's really what started the wheels turning. And um, a couple years later, I actually had the nerve to do it. <laughs> all of your children, did all of your, your boys go through public education first before going over and transitioning to homeschool? Yes, um, they did. So they were all in a... It, was a, it wasn't a charter school, but it was a dual immersion school. So it felt very, like, very much like a charter. Um, but they, except for the baby, because, well, he's not a baby, he's seven, but he started school during COVID. So that's, you know, it's a different type of schooling, but everyone was in public school, yeah. Yes, that must have been really exciting, right? With the virtual learning aspect. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to wow. school. <laughs> What are the, what are your ages? What are the ages of your your kids? So my youngest is seven. The one I was talking about who convicted me to homeschool is eleven, and then I have two twins that are going to be thirteen in November. So they're twelve right now. Nice. All boys. So now, you know, when it comes to diverse learners, there is always a challenge that is presented in public schools because there's either a lack of resources or maybe some teachers are not actually trained in uh, teaching and educating diverse learners 
what are some tips that you found that were beneficial for your 11 year old? Because I know you said that he had, you, you somewhat identified or he somewhat identified under some of those categories. So what were yeah. some tips and things that you were able to take from your career as an educator with public schools into your homeschool? Yeah. Um, great question. Quite honestly, I was not trained for early education. When I taught elementary classes, I was at a private school and I taught a language, so I taught all the levels. So I honestly had one teacher who, in his third grade who helped me identify, um, and she suggested that I get him tested. She said, not for medication or anything, but just down the line in case he needs resources, you want to have this on record. So I, I, she brought that to my own awareness. And so after that, just as an educator, as you know, many of us are, whether we had formal schooling or not, if we're lifelong learners, we're gonna dive into reading and figuring out something we don't know about. So I started diving in and reading a lot of things. And then, like I mentioned, the trainings, you know, as a educator, we're always, um, you know, training and improving in our skills and having, you know, sessions where we have to be improve in our in our own field and that's where I would learn about um, implications of kind of elementary education practices and how they for some students they work and some they don't and that kind of thing really starting to learn about different types of learners so I guess in all in all of in my training in my teaching and then in communicating with educators that my kids had I was learning about what kind of learner my son was. Hey friends, it's Shalisa from Friends of Cabrini. Did you know that we have a virtual book club this summer? Oh my gosh, it is the membership your little learner will love. Sign up your child today at friendsofcabrini.com. Now let's get back to the episode. That was actually going to be my my next question was, how were you able to identify all of their different learning styles? Because I'm sure with multi-age learners, everyone is learning differently and perceives information differently too. Yeah, that is always fun. Well, I mean, as a teacher, like that's something that I, from day one, that's what we have to do, right? We have to figure out how to deal with the classroom of varying learners, right? And at the college level, we have to figure out how to deal with varying learners with varying motivations and, you know, all of that. So that definitely prepared me. And as a mom, it's just like it kind of just went right into that. Like, of course, I'm going to be constantly um, just observing my children to figure out how one learns in one scenario and the other learns in a different scenario. So I, I just became a student of my children. So my mom always taught me anyways that when you have kids, you have to be a constant student of them to, to be able to enhance and to bring out the best learner in them. I agree with that. For me, I was able to kind of observe my son over the past years and, and notice that 
when it comes to like written work he is just bored and doesn't want to really do it but mm-hmm. when it comes to like being more of an auditory type of learner uh he does really excellent with just retaining information and then kind of being able to almost mimic or repeat back what he right. has heard and what he understands have you had some of those same similar scenarios with your children yes yes so i've learned that with my 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 son my 11 year old who's adhd that he definitely is a very tactile and audio kind of learner so if i can give him something that he can kind of touch and manipulate and speak about then he really gets it um writing not only is it i don't think it bores him it like he, it looks like he's dying when he has to write. Um, and so I, I think it's a combination of he just doesn't like it and he doesn't feel like he's good at it. My son is kind of like that too. He He's really good with uh, manipulatives and things like that as well. And mm-hmm. it's I don't know, it's something about writing. I just feel like, he'll do it you know but it's kind of like you gotta nudge him or you kind of kind of like guide him through it with showing him like the purpose of of why he needs to do it i recently was able to kind of encourage him uh to kind of i guess you can say up his writing skills because he wants to be an engineer and Mm. we were looking at something that talked about how Uh, college students who are currently majoring in engineering a lot of times they have to also be really good with writing and taking writing classes and so just because of that he's now like okay well I want to try to write short stories or things of that nature and and he's also interested he's also interested in acting as well so you know with acting there's so much right with film as far as like creative writing and, and writing stories or films so now I think he's kind of on the the, the pace of getting into it, but I like that. <laughs> it, yeah, it give him a little motivation. Yeah, giving him a little motivation with his interests, I, I think I found to be really helpful as well for him. What are some what are some of the things that your children are interested in currently? So it's interesting you mentioned engineering. My kids love to um, figure out how things work, right? Um, also, they like to build things. My oldest of the oldest, so my the twin that was born first, he's actually a really strong writer, um, and so, but he he doesn't he doesn't love it, but he's really strong at it. So he likes to kind of put on paper his ideas, um, and so they want to build like 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 machines and they want to build like their own camera and they want to build their own house like they want to just build anything from electronics to physical buildings to kind of landscaping they want to build their own miniature golf course in the backyard so they're just constantly building and so we've been talking a lot about math because they're not excited about math but telling them that different maths are really gonna open the doors to you know they're, they're huge avenues for engineering, because my strong writer, you know, he's the one who needs to be a little bit more motivated when it comes to math. And so he's like, oh, okay. Um, And that's honestly, that's why I've started to lean more towards this unschooling, because I'm seeing that their interests 
are starting to direct our schooling a little bit more than the opposite. And I'm like, oh no, I think I'm becoming <laughs> one of those. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm an educated academic. I'm not supposed to do this. Um, but but it, yeah. It's so, it's so worth it because it's it's really is legitimately child-led learning, right? Like you get to explore so many things within a specific subject or a specific topic. So I, I think that's amazing because, you know, at least like for us, you know, um, the simple idea of engineering, he was all for, but then now as we're going through discovering and learning more about different African-American uh, leaders and pioneers in science, He's more specific about like if he wants to be a mechanical engineer or if he wants to be an electrical engineer and the projects are getting more specific instead of it being like civil engineering where we're just building and creating bridges all the time. Now he's kind of like, I want to just focus in really hard on trains and learn all the little pieces and kinks and things that make that train go so mm-hmm. I, I I love it I love it I think unschooling is amazing and we should be trying it everywhere <laughs> yeah. are you enjoying the podcast remember to subscribe to friends of Cabrini on Spotify now back to the episode I, I, I secretly agree, but it's still a little terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it terrifying? What do you feel I, it's terrifying? I think because I've just, I've leaned on, on kind of like a given set structure for so long. That's been like my comfortable space. Um, but, and so as I let go of that, there's like this inner rebel that's rising up and it's like, oh no, we're gonna, we're not gonna have, you know, the structure and you know, align with everything. Like, I don't know why that's terrifying. <laughs> that's, that's all that so it is. It's, it's totally, it's totally, totally created. Like, I know it's just this kind of imagined fear um, because quite honestly, because I'm, they're starting to lead, we're doing something very similar. Starting to say, okay, look, engineering's huge. We, I just found out my brother was an engineer <laughs> and I had no idea. He's like a computer, he does, I don't know, he rebuilds machines and and stuff. And so I'm like, well, I have a resource. And so we're starting to tap into yes. the actual people who are in these fields. And then he points out, you know, he'll point out like, oh, hey, did you know that so-and-so? And so then like, oh, well, that's history. Let's go and look up, like you said, some historical figures that have done things that you want to actually do. Yeah. Yes. So, that you mentioned about your brother being an engineer because I feel like that's even better when they can really your children can really see someone that they're really connected to that can Mm -hmm. model the life or the career that they're looking to have you know so it's kind of like it's almost kind of like having an internship opportunity early on before when you're actually supposed to like we usually have it in college exactly Or, or those or spending, uh, I guess for high school students, it might be like spending those service learning hours. When you're yeah, actually, do they still do that? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm guessing so, they do. <laughs> that's so awesome. That is so awesome. So I know yeah. you guys have relocated to Georgia. How was that transition? Because, you know, the 
laws when it comes to educating or education, I'll say like that, the laws when it comes to education is really strict in some states. So how is it down there for Georgia? Well, so I did a teeny bit of research. Okay. So um, I, I, in, in California, I had, I was through a charter, which is very structured and kind of, you know, like I have a teacher and we have, we get to choose curriculum, but I have to kind of report and give them samples. And so here that's not an option. So I'm just kind of independently homeschooling. I just give my letter of intent, but that's all that's necessary. Like I don't have to do anything else. I do have to test on the years that they need to test. So as a state, they have like designated schools that I can go to. And they just had, there's this recent law that was passed in Georgia um, that for public schools that are nearby that they have to allow homeschoolers to be a part of their um, extracurricular activities. So sports and I believe other, other things, it says extracurricular. I read it, but only once. So don't quote me. Okay. Um, and so that's new. And so I've been looking on a a few forums of homeschoolers and they're like, who's, who's going to try it? You know, who's going to go first? I don't know why I thought that that was kind of like already guaranteed for a lot of states all around because we have that in Illinois where your children can either do like dual enrollment or they can participate in certain classes and activities as well that's awesome that's awesome apparently it's it's not everywhere so I guess it's a big deal that that is how y'all do it in Illinois (laughs) (laughs) Are you enjoying the podcast? Remember to subscribe to Friends of Cabrini on Spotify. Now back to the episode. Your children, like, did they like the move or were they just kind of like, no, we were in California. Oh, <laughs> no. I think that honestly, the timing has been perfect um, between the time we decided to, well, COVID really kind of transitioned me gave me the strength to be like you know what I can homeschool and it can be a lot easier if I just jump into it like stop hesitating and so since they were already homeschooling we had a flexible schedule to move you know there was no pressure to kind of finish out the school year and do testing all these things so we were able to kind of do it at our pace and they have they have really become kind of outdoor we're all already really like campers and stuff but they have really become Uh, just in love with outdoors so we moved to a bigger property where they have lots of land and they're able to get animals and so the trade-off was totally worth it to them like they have not looked back (laughs) so um and they're excited for since it's been a lot of transition we've started structure again like you know every morning we get up and we're kind of getting back into the routine of our morning schedule so that when we dive in and i think we're going to start next week officially maybe two weeks um, that they're kind of ready and that they've already kind of gotten the frustration of what they forgot because we moved, um, even though I'm, I'm going to try and do year round. Uh, but yeah, so the transition has been, it's been really good, actually. They, for, for young kids who are making a huge move, they have trans- transitioned well.
that is so awesome i was actually going to ask about like nature learning as well because from from our trip that we had our road trip down to atlanta i was like i love these trees and they're Ooh. so big and rich and real we don't have that in illinois <laughs> oh really so the trees you can absolutely notice the difference ah, <laughs> just, just okay. from that but no, um, I love, I just love the land and the space. There's so much space to do things out there, especially when it comes to nature learning and discovery. So it sounds like you guys are doing a bit of that, especially because you mentioned camping, which is really, really awesome. But I feel yeah. like that's something that you can get in California too, right? Yeah, like all last year, we, we bought a camper and we were pretty much in that thing every week, every other week. And we loved camping um, to the extent where we wanted space where we had our own kind of outdoor feel. And so that's that's what really set us off to look for land like that. Um, and we just happened to have family in Georgia too, so it worked out. That's so awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have tried different methods or different homeschooling styles, because I know we were talking about unschooling, um, but it sounds like you might have a little bit of road schooling in there too. Yeah, a little bit. So we have in the short one year that I've been homeschooling tried quite a few things. So we took a, a road trip for about three weeks to a month. And we did that was when we did our state project. And we did a couple other. Oh, we did American US history. Uh, and so we we had a chance to kind of do some road schooling, even though I didn't know that's what it was called. You made it sound very cool. <laughs> um, and but like I said, we signed up with the charter, so we had specific curriculum that we chose, you know, to use, and that has shifted. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of in flux. Like, so this year I have some leftover curriculum that I'm probably going to try and utilize, but I'm really going to organize it. We've already kind of talked and looked at our kind of daily thing. I really want to organize it around some of the things that are that are significant to them, like Georgia history. There's a lot of history here, U.S. history, African-American history right here in the state that I would love for them to know more about and I would love to dive into. And then we get to travel. <laughs> um, and also, like I said, the engineering thing, um, those are two things we're gonna really focus heavily on and then we'll see where that takes us, you know? I agree. I'm currently doing a, um u.s government class where my learners are actually learning about the three branches of government but we're actually we just recently talked about i believe his name is rafael rafael warnock this the senator from georgia um, okay so we actually just talked about him and then that also helped us to learn a little bit more about john lewis as well and a lot of the different legislative pieces that he's been able to, or he was able to bring up uh, during his tenure when he was in office as well. So we know yeah. John Lewis is amazing and it just has definitely did so much with representing the state of Georgia um, when it comes to the federal government, right? And, and not yeah. just federal government, civil rights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's just so yeah. much. I think that's the advantage of this time. It's like all of a sudden the things that are just like, oh, boring, you know, you can make, you can connect to like right now. And there's a cause and effect that just makes history uh, relevant, which of course it always has been. But, um, and then you get to look at how history is affected by perspective and 
which we don't talk. There's just so many things that like all these subjects I thought were boring. All of a sudden they're just like, oh, this is all, this all actually matters. This is amazing. Yes. There's so much richness and everything. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I'm the one going back to school. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> That's the best yeah. part I love about unschooling is when you get to learn too. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't oh, know that either. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I like to do something new for each uh, episode. So for our episode today, I want, and I think I might actually continue with this one because I think it's going to be fun. Ooh. I want to ask a fun question. And first thing is, are you a 90s TV show fan or are you a 90s culture fan? Oh, I want to say yes, but not for real. I'm totally 80. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm, I am an old woman. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we'll switch it over me. to the 80s. We'll yeah. switch it to the 80s. So, I know a few 90s. I know a few 90s, but yeah, 80s is my awesome. thing. So my question for you then is based on the 80s culture, uh, TV shows, music, whatever you need, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, can you pick a 80s TV show or a film or something of the 80s culture that represents your homeschool life with your children and your family or just maybe specifically with your children or maybe even just specifically with you? <laughs> Um, I feel like it's turning into Punky Brewster I don't know if you remember that show so she was like this from the outside it looked like she literally was like this she was adopted by an old man and she could do anything she would wear crazy clothes and (laughs) weird stuff for rest she could just kind of do anything and the focus was that the, the old man like really gave her genuine love right so it's like my, it's, it's like, ah, oh, no, you're not supposed to raise a kid like that, you know? And so um, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm feeling like. I'm feeling a little punky Brewster uh, coming into this year of kind of my unschooling direction. <laughs> that is so fun. So I was born in 1990. So I'm 32. I miss the 80s. I miss the good, okay. good, the, the good uh, shows and whatnot in the 80s. But I would say if I had to pick from the 90s, I don't know because I'm like half and half of something of everything. Uh, but I think right I think right now Family Matters would probably be our jam just because my <laughs> son is into this engineering thing and he's kind of like he's kind of that Urkel character where he's Pretty super Urkel duper vibe. smart. Yeah, <laughs> he's into all of that, but then there's other moments where he turns into Stefan Arkell and girl, these little <laughs> girls. Oh my God. That's a whole nother trip. Oh, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, that's <laughs> episode. I have all boys. I think, so. I think we're family matters over here. <laughs> that's so cute. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what are some new things that you guys are up to or that you're up to for this year? I think this year, we might incorporate, um, so my boys want to do lots of engineering things and projects, but we might incorporate some uh, editing. So I might do some YouTube stuff. A friend of mine was like, oh, you got to record and like, you know, take us through your journey of, you know, just leaving the corporate, which, you know, academia is not necessarily corporate, but, you know, the working world and starting a homestead and like, you know, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll teach them some editing along the way. Um, that was so that's, fun. That's that's kind of the the a new idea. Nothing has started as of yet. 
I actually, ha- I started a web, not a website and a YouTube channel, but I literally have <clears throat> like one or two entries. So it's the right place. But um, that's, that's what we, we want to do that. That would be a fun family project. Awesome. Well, listeners, if you are paying attention, please go and subscribe to The Right Place because I just know that Mrs. Right is going to have some amazing things up there really, really soon. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned homesteading. Are we talking about gardening and things like that? Yeah. So we started a garden and we got some goats. So we I would love to like I, I like to cook and stuff I would love to learn how to like make my own goat cheese I think that would be amazing even though I, I feel like, you know, like a lot of work we are buying chickens this week we already got the pen the poop and everything for them um so you know having our own eggs I don't know if I am up for harvesting meat but um yeah that's that's kind of what we want to do and as I go please along my video that <laughs> please oh. video that for sure. And like my, my sister-in-law, she's an herbalist. So she's, she's coming down from like, um, she was in North Carolina from, she said she'll come down like, you know, once every couple months and just like help me do th- tinctures and things like that. So I'm super excited about that part actually. Are you enjoying the podcast? Remember to subscribe to Friends of Cabrini on Spotify. Now back to the episode. That is so cool. Please, please, please. Definitely. Video that, film that, do tutorials. I'm going to need it. I know a whole bunch of other people that are going to be subscribing to you are going to need it as well. Yay, we (laughs) want to share. That is so awesome. So, wow, this was so much fun chatting with oh. you today. I know you have a really busy schedule, mm-hmm. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. And I want to keep in contact with you because, you know, once you get your channel and everything going, I want to see how that's going with the, the homesteading and the gardening. I think that's really going to be something that's really important, teaching our children how to have a healthy lifestyle and nutrition yeah. and all those things. So yeah. i definitely love to have you back on for a future episode and you can kind of talk about what you're up to and kind of check with the right family and see what's going on in the beautiful state of Georgia. Yes, <laughs> yes. I am open for all of that, all of it. So I'll be glad to come back. I still is there any contact information you think you can leave with some of our listeners in case they're trying to get in contact with you or just to follow your channels and see what you're up yeah, to? Yeah, that's probably it. The right place. Um, there's also uh, an Instagram. Uh, there's a, I think I have an IG page. Up. <laughs> now I got to go check. <laughs> it's also just the right place. The W-R-I-G-H-T place, P-L-A-C-E. Um, so that's pretty much it. If you reach out to me in those places, um, and I'll get back and and we can connect that way. I, I've joined a, uh, the Georgia Homeschool Southern. Where did you find me? <laughs> the Facebook page I just joined. Yeah, I um, think the Georgia Homeschool Network, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just joined there too. So I'm in there looking around for connections and resources. So, yeah. That's a really great group, especially uh, for everyone that's in Georgia. And even for us folks that are not in Georgia. I know I'm not directly in Georgia yet, but hopefully <laughs> soon we'll be transitioning. Yeah. We're hoping to 
a transition and move going, coming south as well. So we're between oh. Atlanta and Dallas right now. I haven't okay. I haven't had a chance to check out Dallas yet, but I want to see what they got, what the culture's mm-hmm. like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, check them out first. We did we did a little <laughs> Texas tour before we came out here. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to keep them too. Uh, we went to Houston. We have some friends who moved there, and they said that the school systems were awesome. But kind of I knew that I wasn't going that route, so that wasn't really the appeal. That wasn't as appealing. So I was definitely looking yeah. more for home. Mm-hmm. See, I just got I just got kind of alarmed with Texas just because of the things that recently happened, you know, with the, the schools and the children there. Oh. And I was like, ah. yeah. just when I decided like Texas was probably going to be the route to go, I'm like, oh no. I but know. I I definitely enjoyed um our time we had last fall yeah. in, in Georgia. It was so amazing. The land, I'm just impressed by like like you said, the space and the land. You just do so yeah. much. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I love it. it. Hopefully we can move there. If it's not an actual physical move, we'll definitely always be visiting. <laughs> Yay. So I'll keep, I'll have to keep my ears open and see, because I would love to connect if y'all come out here. That would be awesome. Yeah. I had went to this event maybe about, ooh, I want to say that was 2019 in Atlanta. And I heard someone say that when most people come to Atlanta, they usually stay. <laughs> and they don't <laughs> want to go back to them. So I think, true. I think I think Georgia has my heart now. <laughs> yeah, it has a way of doing that. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was great talking with you today. And again, thank you so much for being on our podcast. You can't wait to check out The Right Place. For listeners, please go ahead and subscribe to The Right Place on YouTube, as well as on Instagram and connect with Mrs. Wright. And we thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time.